and I see this young man pull up and he gets up and he opens up his latch of his car and he shoves one in there and he's getting ready to, he's walking away. I'm like, I jump up, like, hey, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Uh, it says free. I'm, I just need one. I'm like, dude, can't you read the sign? It says take two or take four. There's two here, so you need to take both of them. <laughs> well, I don't need to. Well, then don't take any of them. You know, who needs just one? <laughs> well, I do. Well, you are the rarity. And so I'm over there. I said, open your car. I'm taking this. What? I said, give it back to me. <laughs> Two for four. What don't you understand? And we are ha- we're in the street having this disagreement. He's looking at me like I have four heads. I'm like, dude, give me the chair back. So I take it back. He leaves. I know he was probably cussing me under his, you know, under his breath, but I was like, what don't you understand? Take two or take four. There's two left. That means take two. You know? Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. And we're the Copelands. We are entrepreneurs, parents, business and life coaches. Lifelong learners is so much more. On this podcast, we share some of our best and worst experiences. <laughs> From raising kids to building businesses or having a career you always dreamt of, we tackle it all. And all the funny moments in between. Look, life can be a challenge and sometimes you just need the right friends to help you push through. Pushing you to the right mindset and perspective that shifts life in your favor. So if you're like us and you're always looking to grow, laugh, and dream big, this is the place for you. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward Copeland in the house, in the place to be. And and we have a special guest today. We do? We do. Oh, My father, Craig Coley. Yay! Dr. D, Northern California. We really got to get some, um, some special effects so we can really show some yeah. love. Um, fan favorite. Back again. back by how special many, request. How many episodes have you been in debt? What's, what is what is it now? This is like the third episode Dad's been in. Like the fourth, third. third. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So we wanted to bring you on today because you are getting ready to. Uh, well, let me just tell the listeners what's going on first. We were we were talking to you okay. the other day, and you had a story that is my what in the world for this week. So that's why I wanted to have you on to tell your story, which we'll get to in a second. Ah. But this episode, um, we've been having a lot of conversations about like being in a partnership, which you are getting ready to move to New Hampshire to go be with your wife. You guys have been living on separate coasts uh, for the last Correct. couple of years. And so now you're preparing for this big move. Um, but this episode for our listeners is an episode that might hopefully get you to kind of question how you are loving your partner potentially in the wrong way. Mm. Like you might be showing up for your partner, giving them what you think is love, but it might not be how they want to receive love or support. Right. Doesn't Mm. make you a bad person. Does it? It's just something to think about, right? It's just something to, to really think about because, um, yeah, we'll get into a little bit of the context of this. Well, part. just a little context, though. Right. Like, we all have someone who, like, you know loves you to death, but they do things that you don't want them to do or, because they think it's a way to show love. So I'll give you an example. Like, my brother Jared, uh, he and his wife are very, like, minimal, like, minimalistic. And mm-hmm. they tell my stepmom, Robin, all the time, like, mom, don't send anything for the kids. We don't want toys. Like, they don't need any of this stuff. And her way of showing love is to send gifts. So she always does what they tell her not to. She does it out of good intention. But, like, that's kind of what we're talking about here. When you do that in a marriage, it doesn't feel supportive, even though you're trying to be supportive, Right. So we're yeah. going to unpack some of that and get to that in a second, 100%. right? So that's what our listeners can kind of buckle up for. Like, listen, because you might be doing a ton of things that you think are uh, going above and beyond for your partner, but it might not be something that they actually want you to do. And so it could be harming your relationship. Yeah. So before we dive into that, <laughs> Craig Coley. Uh, Dr. Dino. Dr. Dino, I don't know why he called himself that. So I think, think got to set this up. So yeah, go ahead. That is uh, it's my, Dr. Dino. That's my street name. That's my street, Your street name. name. Yeah. Oh my God. He is um, getting ready to move across the country. Going right? to New Hampshire. Yes. Right. Heading out and to so, New Hampshire. 
Well, why are you moving? Tell everybody why you're moving to New Hampshire and uh, how long you've been supposedly moving to New Hampshire. Well, approximately 20 years ago, this is where I met my future wife when I was living back in New Hampshire. Uh, went back there for a job and, you know, push come to shove. You meet people in the oddest places. And she's a northern New England, you know, girl. And uh, push come to shove, she ended up moving here to California. She stayed out here for 15 years under the premise that at some point we were going to be going back to her home state to live out our, you know, golden year, so to speak. Uh, and it just kind of came along a little bit faster than I was anticipating due to some personal things that happened in our life, uh, i.e. jobs. Just, it's a long story in that respect. But so she's been back there now for two years uh, without me. Uh, and I'm uh, it is now my time. So I'm heading uh, actually like the old band heading east here in uh, two weeks and pulling up the stakes. Get out of California, back to New Hampshire, live free or die. Love it. So you've been selling furniture, not selling furniture, but like getting rid of furniture, condensing your life. You had a storage unit. You've got your house. So you've been doing a lot of heavy lifting, trying to figure out how to how to like move to another state and relocate. I've had nine months to get ready for this, and I waited for the last 30 days to get off my proverbial tail and get it <laughs> underway. And uh, yeah, and so I was, you know, downsizing a lot because obviously a big move like this, they pay you per pound moving cross country. And I am mm -hmm. literally moving as far east as I can without going into the water, 3,000 miles coast to coast. So that's so, interesting. I didn't know that though. They charge you per pound for everything exactly. that you put on the moving car. A truck. pound because that's how exactly that's how it's all weighed out. They charge you per pound. So they don't care how much space you're taking up. They're they're concerned. But because you think about it, it's fuel costs. Those big trucks, mm -hmm. you know, it's not how much space you're taking up in a truck, it's how much it weighs. Mm -hmm. You know, because, and so that's the deal. And so you want you don't want to take back five hundred books back to New England, you know, and, <laughs> unless they're all first edition, you know, replaceable book, but right. So right. push in the shove, I've been going through deciding for Heather and I what we need, what we don't need, because she left a lot of her own stuff behind. So needless to say, there's been some intense conversations of what I know she needs, you know, what, which I do kind of, I know better than what she needs and she does. So I'm just that <laughs> type of person. So, yeah, so we're going to jump into that. Yeah. So, but yeah, I want to know you, what you vetoed. So you, you've been, you know, <laughs> a lot know, of stuff. So yeah. Okay. You, you've been letting us know about a lot of things you've been trying to give away, uh, which kind of led us to this what in the world. Right. So my what in the world is the fact that you had these four bar stools that you wanted to give away recently. Good story. And I want you Good to share story. the story. Go ahead. Okay, so the story is we have nice four nice bar stools, you know, and not just little, you know, like this round stool you sit in a bar. It's a nice back. These are nice things. We bought at Pier One five or six years ago. I didn't feel like it was cost effective enough to take those back. So I put them out in the front line free with explicit instructions take two or take four. You know, just don't randomly. Yeah. So lo and behold, uh, you put a sign an hour into it a nice little uh, with a sign very yeah a big bright pink sign and big full black felt pen it was very obvious what i free my take two free. or take four take two or four please i'm figuring that was pretty self-explanatory for the average person but as we know the average person is not too bright so that being said <laughs> Late, you know, an hour into it, a nice young lady picks up, pulls up, nice little four-door sedan. She's able to get two in there, and uh, she takes off. I didn't think she was going to come back, and I'm sitting in my house looking out the screen door at the, the other two remaining. Oh, that young lady who took the two earlier came back, and she goes, oh, there's two other ones. are great. Good. Okay. She took them, and she was happy as a clam. Oh my God. I said, you're the only person I know trying to give away free shit and then asking for it back because they didn't follow proper instructions. Well, there are parameters on it. You know, like nothing is free in this world, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. So, you said, who the hell is going to want one bar stool? Then right. that's going to become my problem. Take two right, that, or take none. A, he goes, well, he goes, well, I do. I'm like, well, you are the rarity. Okay. I'm not going to be stuck here taking one bar stool to the 
to the goodwill. The no, dump, I need yeah. two or you know. So he left here. I know he was pissed off, but it's like okay, whatever. You know. Yeah. Okay. Like, so then it gets better because a couple of days later, you take this giant box of books that weighs like a hundred pounds to the local oh my bookstore. God. Tell yeah. us that. So I go to, on recommendations to the local used bookstore, Tom's Used Books, downtown Lodi, you know, nice little indiscreet bookstore. And I'm thinking of something I'm going to walk into and it's going to look like The Hobbit or something. This real cool little bookstore with all these nice books. This guy's got all kinds of paperbacks and just, you know, my crap books that I would be surprised to find in a, in a store. You know, something you buy at the checkout stand at the grocery store. And mm -hmm. I've got some nice hard I mean, I've got a nice selection of books. My son reads well. My son-in-law reads well. We were pretty, you know, good, prolific readers. So right. I went there with some, a couple trilogies of uh, Roosevelt's. And I mean, just a lot of different stuff. And so I lug this 60-pound container of books. I can't pull up in front. I stop in front, turn on my head, my blinker. So lady honks the horn at me because she can't get around. So I go around the block and I have to park. So I love this thing in. I'm puffing and puffing, and Tom comes out of nowhere, and he's kind of lackadaisical. I said, "Hey, buddy, I'm here. I got some books." And he's he actually kind of pushes his foot on the on the tote container, kind of pushes it out of the way a little bit, like he's not interested in whatsoever. I'm like, <laughs> "You do take books, right?" And he's like, "Well, yeah, uh, I do." And I said, "Well, I've really got a nice selection here for you." And he goes, "Yep, uh, I don't think today." <laughs> no, he said, I don't think, goes, yeah, I'm I don't think these. so. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm I'm not feeling I'm not feeling these. And I'm like, what aren't you feeling? He goes, Well, <laughs> catcher in the rye. Uh, you know, uh, uh a prayer for Owen Meany. These books I've had, he goes, Yeah, my, I don't know. Those aren't really gonna work for me. I'm like, I just lug these things a block and a half. I am not taking these things back to my car. <laughs> I'm not looking for any store credit, just take these books. And he goes, well, let me take a look. And he goes through and he finds a Harley Davidson book. He goes, oh, this sounds interesting. I guess you own the motorcycle, huh? I said, yeah, why don't you go, oh, okay, I changed my mind. I'll take it. My gate. Thank you, Tom. It was the, yeah. So he says no to the Hemingway and, books. Uh, to no kill to a the... mockingbird. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hemingway. Yeah. <laughs> the, for whom the bell tolls did not interest Tom, but the, this piss poor harley davidson book he was interested in so thank god tom <laughs> took him but once again i walked out cussing under my breath is like once again you know giving shit away and it's just like uh yeah an <laughs> ordeal for parameters yeah, i know I, but i think jesus has got just a plan for me he you know when i come to me doing something like that he always has tested me he can't make it easy for me it's just always oh, got to have gosh. some sort of confrontation on whatever level yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's Jesus, but I think it's great. I think it's funny. Yeah. So it, it sounds like giving away things is become a lot harder in 2023 than in prior years. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Dad? I I feel like you just have rules. Well, you know, I've not really, I've not given away a lot of stuff previously, but it seems to me if this is what it was like, yeah, I would, yeah, it's, it's difficult. People are very demanding, even though stuff is free. It's like, <laughs> What am I missing here? You know? Well, I think that you're you, had, you for had conditions. You're, you're asking me to deliver it. What are you what are you talking about? I will so, say I, I get that. Like I had I had this very expensive KitchenAid mixer, like a commercial mixer from the bakery yeah. that I had a garage sale and I said the mixer's not working, but you can take the mixer and it's got all the the paddle, the attachments the bowl, all the stuff. And I look over and this woman's like taking all of the attachments, but leaving the mixer. And I was like, no, 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 no. And she goes, well, what does it matter? It doesn't work. And I go, yeah, we'll take the whole damn thing though. That's the point. Right. Like someone is going to want it that wants to repair it. And she goes, well, then they can take it and they can repair it. But I want the stuff like the attachments in the bowl. I'm like, no. So actually yeah. I am my father's daughter because I did take that well, back and I was like, no, no, no. And by the way, it was yeah. free. Well, and so that's well, yeah, the, the cost of you're getting all you're getting two hundred dollars worth of items for nothing. That's the uh, you know, the price of admission. You have to take the broken down <laughs> motor that goes with it. 
you know, and they don't. Yeah. Well, oh my god. And so that, that's it's, kind of a, that's it's kind of a perfect segue for what we're talking about, right? Why? Because How? because our even our gratitude is conditioned on what we want to give mm. versus what someone else is looking for or what they actually need. And so when we think about that in, in relation to to relationships, mm-hmm. we often do that with our spouses and our, our partners and our friends is that we give from a place of, in all great intentions, but mm-hmm. we're giving in a place of saying, this is what I think I want you to have or what you should have, right? right? Instead of it being like based off of, wow, I know this person so well, even though I hate giving this, this is what they actually want. Mm -hmm. Like, so dad, for example. Basically, the bottom line is even though stuff is free, there's always strings attached. Right. (laughs) But think about your relationship. (laughs) Nothing in life is free. Yeah, you're right. But think about your relationship because it's interesting. Like I'm reading the Jada Pinkett Smith book right now. And I've already read the Will Smith book, but you know, their, their relationship's interesting. You've been married almost 30 years, you're separated, you go through problems, whatever. One of her biggest gripes in the book is that Will's amazing. You know, he's over the top, he's very generous and he goes over the top for her with all the stuff that she does not want. She literally did not want him to buy her a house on a lake. She did not want him to throw her a birthday party every single year. Like she wanted just him. She mm-hmm. wanted his love. She wanted his uh, attention. And so for did 30 she years. Him to slap Chris Rock. <laughs> she did not. <laughs> but that's like kind of the point is that like he was looking for gratitude. Like, can't you just be happy? Like I'm providing you this life. And she was saying that she was so unhappy that she was at a, in a position to not even give gratitude because he was just missing the mark so much. Right. And that's kind of the point of this. So tell the story about how the guy comes home from work, sees the kids, you know, his wife. Okay, tell that story and then dad will understand and then we'll jump in and have a conversation about this. Right, right. So I'm reading this book is called um, How Will You Measure Your Life? And so good title. um, what he's doing in the book is he's taking business uh, situations and principles and and applying it to your, your, your actual like your life outside of your business and saying, and basically his argument is that many of the things that we talk about in business are to be true in life, right? And so in life, there's a job that needs to be done. In business, there's a job that needs to be done. And that is what creates a a, a product of some mm-hmm. sort, right? I have a need and I get I buy the, uh, the thing to solve the problem for my need, Okay. right? And so that's kind of giving you the context. But he's talking, he, now what he moved to is the place of saying, there's always a job that needs to be done in the relationships and within your life. The key is actually knowing and understanding the people in your life, like your spouses and your friends, and understanding the thing that they truly want, not what you want to give. For mm-hmm. example, if I'm an entrepreneur and I have a business and I love making you know, belt buckles, for mm-hmm. example, and I say, this is the what I want to sell, but I have not looked at the marketplace to see if, if anyone wants it. Right. Or if, if there's a need. Mm-hmm. And so I just create something that I think other people want. And then I wonder why no one wants to buy so it. So The business is not successful because you built the business based on something you wanted to sell, not something that someone actually needed. Right. So you didn't come from a place of saying, here's a gap in the marketplace and I'm going to create something that fills that gap. Mm-hmm. Well, in a relationship, it's very much the same. There are things that our spouses and our partners are looking for that we have to step up and do that job. Mm-hmm. And so the author goes through this, this story and says that, you know, he had been away at work all day and his, and his wife was a, was a, a stay-at-home mom. And so she was, you know, working with, and they had young kids and they were, you know, she was, you know, had been with the kids all day and the normal routine is he got home and they were getting ready to eat dinner together. Mm -hmm. Pause. I want my dad to really pay attention to this because I want you to think back to when you were raising, you know, small kids and Robin was a stay at home mom. And, you know, sometimes the kids I'm coming from a mom's perspective, like, some days they wear you the hell out, right? right? And so this was one of those days where you, know, you come home, the house is in disarray, right. the food's not made, it's dinner time. You might have had a long day at work, but she obviously had a really long day with the kids and maybe they were unruly. So this in the story, yeah. the so guy the story, walks in. So the guy walks in and everyone's the, disheveled. The, the house is disheveled, there's you know, the kitchen's a mess and there's no food being made. So no there's dinner. nothing there's no dinner being prepared. So the husband yep. comes in and I thought, what a great husband. He walks in and he goes, 
he says, as he's narrating the story, it looks like my wife had a tough day. Let me step in and I'll, and I'll clean the kitchen and I'll start dinner with the kids. So okay, he, pause that right there. Like some women would say, oh my God, that's so helpful. Right. And I know my dad, you've probably done that before, right? You come in and you just go, Hey, I'll make dinner. Have you done that? hundred percent. Yep. Okay. So then listen to what happens. Definitely. So he goes in and he, you know, starts dinner. He cleans up the kitchen. He starts dinner. He starts to, um, you know, um, make sure that the kids are all taken care of. And then the wife comes out as he's making dinner and cleaning the kitchen. And so she proceeds to start crying Well, she proceeds to start helping. And then at some point she just walks away again. And so he thinks, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Right. What's like, what right. is really going on here? And so he basically chases her down and says, Hey, like what's going on? Mm -hmm. And, and she, she said, you know, I've had a really rough day. And the last thing I needed you to do is to make me feel guilty that I didn't fulfill my obligations because I had a really rough day. So you stepping in is not what I needed from you. I have been home with the kids all day. And I honestly just wanted you to, to connect with you because I, I just have gotten to a place where I don't want to talk to kids anymore. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and I'm overwhelmed, mm -hmm. but you stepping in and doing those things made me feel less than at that time because mm -hmm. like, you made me feel like, oh, I can't do these things. And so he had to step in to do it. So in some cases, people will hear that and go, how is he supposed to know? Well, I want to know right? what my dad thinks. But she said, if you would have come in here and said, honey, looks like, you know, you had a tough day. You know, what do you need from me right now? Um, she said, I would have told you, I just wanted to talk to you. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to tell you about my day. I wanted to tell you how hard it was. And we could have figured out dinner and came cleaning up later. But you stepping in. Now I'm overwhelmed with with uh, with guilt that I didn't do these things. But what I, what you thought I wanted, because that's what he said. What I thought in that moment, she wants me to step in and do these things. Mm -hmm. That's why she didn't do it. But what she he what he didn't realize is that she wanted something totally different. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Dad? I think 35 years ago I would have screwed up and probably bitched at her like, oh Jesus Christ! You know what? I'm come home. I'm working all day. I see the blah blah blah. And now I'm doing this, and now when you're making it about you, blah blah, you know, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> so I would, but, have, I would have, pro I would have reacted incorrectly. Right, but it's a I great conversation, because, right? You know what? Pardon me. It's a great conversation to have because I think back to the original point, you, Craig Coley, would have said, "I'm over here trying to freaking help you, and you're being ungrateful." But the point Correct. of this conversation is you would be helping in a way that wasn't really helpful for her and a good That's partner. That's not what she needed at that time. Right. She, needed some, she needed some support and some nurturing where I thought we needed to get the shit cleaned up. Let's get the kids fed. <laughs> why haven't you vacuumed? Why is that? Why is the laundry still there in the middle of the floor that I left this morning? And I'd been pissed yeah. off and did it all. And then went to rent, went in the bedroom and got in bed with Jared. <laughs> <laughs> so you would have come home and been thinking like she didn't do her job today Correct. and you would have jumped in and done her job after a long day of work and 100%. so so that's in the book though what she was crying about she's like you coming home after i've had this terrible day and you jumping in is a slap in the face to me showing me that i did not do my job well today and so really, all i did was just all I did was just show her what a loser she was. And right. yes, yeah, I get so it. That, isn't that interesting though? Like, right. So you said 100%. 35 years ago, you would have screwed up. I think Craig in 2023 probably still would have taken the same approach. If you come home <laughs> and Heather, your wife is like frazzled and you jump in and she says, that's not what I need from you, Craig. I think you would have still told her, okay, get your shit together. I'm trying to help you. He would have said, you know, well, after I clean this up, then we'll find out if, what you needed. <laughs> if, if 2023 Craig didn't have children like Eddie and Janelle, I definitely would have acted like that <laughs> right right good I answer have like you i have children that are you know smart and intelligent and compassionate you would have yeah you would have you would have prepared me for that i'm like your yeah. child that you're nurturing trying to yeah <laughs> turn me into a better person and more oh, understanding gosh. with and i do have a lot of empathy for people sometimes i just take a roundabout way of getting there well that's the that's the thing so the empathy comes from a place of what you think someone should have or ought to have instead of what they actually are asking mm -hmm. for or actually wanting. 
And so that's the or that when was it, it the, comes at the wrong time. Or it comes at the wrong time. Sometime is it comes it should come at point B or point C, right? You know, yeah. Yeah. And so like I was like, I would I, I today I would have just said, Oh, looks like it was a rough day. I'm gonna jump in and clean. Yeah. Instead of saying, Hey, something it else is going on here, right. right? And so like digging in and really better understanding what that is so that you can provide what that person is really looking for. And then I asked, I asked Janelle Well, question. I would I have said, definitely, I would have put out the fire instead of finding out what actually caused the fire. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. a really good point. That's a good one, Dad. Yeah, yeah. So finding you know, I would have out walked what in, caused the fire, fire. Put the fire out, okay. Instead of finding out, well, okay, what happened here, honey? What, you know, mm. okay, right, no. So that's interesting. And I, I'm going to challenge this because I feel like it's debatable. Some mm. women are like, yeah, I want my husband to come home and save the freaking day, make the damn dinner. Right. And some women are going to be thinking <laughs> like, yeah, what about my feelings? Like right. I needed you. I mm. want you. And what I have to say to that is like, couldn't this all be avoided if we just were communicating? Like if you came home right. And I was up to my eyeballs with the kids, which I have experienced before. And I'm like, take her now, because if she keeps crying, I'm going to lose it. I'm going for a walk. And when I come back, we'll make dinner together because I need your support. Like, right. So it all kind of boils down to communication. But it's interesting that like what you said, you said something important. You said we give people what we think that they want. What we think they should want. What they think they should want. So, Dad, that's where you kind of came from. Well, you should want 100%. me to make dinner, right? right? You should want me to make dinner because there's no goddamn dinner. Right. And, and the laundry is still sitting here. So you should want me to start it because that would make your life easier. Yeah. Right. So Obviously, if you think if about it, that. It's not going to get done. If, if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. So why don't you bitch at me after I do everything and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But think about it. We get mad because they reject what we think they should want. Right. Right. And, oh. that's, and that's and that's hard because I think like even for giving gifts. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think early on in our marriage, I had no idea. Yeah. You gave had, me some dumb shit. Right. I had no idea. And it was because maybe one, I didn't take the time to just talk to you and understand you yep. or, or learn you. Right. Mm -hmm. And and really pick up on like the things that really are important to you. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to look at as your husband is I'm going to look at the gaps in life and I'm going to say, well, I'm just going to try to give her what I think she wants to fill this gap. Okay, pause. I'm calling right. bullshit. I know, but... Yeah. <laughs> Do you know the worst gift Eddie ever gave me? Let me explain to you and the what? listeners what it was. <laughs> one day for Christmas, I open one Christmas at the beginning of our Christmas. marriage. Yes. I open this gift and I shit you not. It was this like container that collapses. It was, I go, what is this? It's like a storage container. And he goes, it's under the bed shoe storage. And I go, what the fuck? Why, why would I want this for Christmas? And he goes, so you could put your shoes in it and put them under the bed. I said, why? So they're not in the room, like on the floor or like, like immediately I was so angry and he goes, I thought it was cool. I said, no, you didn't. You didn't. Like, wh why would you think I would want this for Christmas? And then I go, because where did you get this? Because I'm tired of stepping on your shoes when I walk in the front door. <laughs> right. I go, where did you get this? And he's like, Best Buy. Okay, so we work at Best Buy. So this was convenient. You didn't, this was not a thoughtful thing. It was like, oh, no. I'll get her this dumbass shoe storage thing for under the bed that she'll never see. Yeah, I was like, ah, uh, this is not going to work. Yeah, I was embarrassed. You know, what's so that. funny is most young men really need, they should go to some sort of training on the perfect, you know, when it comes to certain holidays, what to buy your wife, your girl, you know? Yeah. And I, I have to say, I have to toot my own horn. I've always been very good at gift giving when it came to women in my life. Well, see, that's my the wife, thing. Like, whatever, you know? That's the thing. I've always so been it, good it, at that. If if that is to be true, then you've done some a couple of things, right? So you you've really learned your spouse and understood like the things that are super important to them, what they find special, right? But also, did you enjoy giving the thing that you gave them? One hundred percent, because right, uh, I always but, saw you know, and I'll I'll you know since I was obviously I spent most of my time with Robin, I have always saw joy in her face when I gave her something. Mm -hmm. you but know, the true, thing... true, true, genuine, genuine happiness. 
Right. But what if and she so liked I, things? Yeah, I felt good about that. I enjoyed buying uh, her gifts. Now, what if you got her something really amazing that you thought was amazing and she didn't like it or she didn't want it? Could she have then said, ah, this isn't really something I want? Or would your feelings have been hurt because you were so excited to give it? You know, honestly, I I, I don't know if I can answer that question truthfully, but I probably would have been butthurt about it. Yeah. Well, and then uh, another that, thing that never about happened, is... fortunately enough, but I probably would have been butthurt about it. Yeah. Right. But yeah. another thing that that also comes up is we give gifts that, you know, we actually accept. It's like, oh, this is really cool. So it's something we would like to give before we even understand whether or not it's going to bring person, that person joy. We're giving it because it's something that we actually find appreciation in or value in. Well, you're giving it because you want them to want it. Right. <laughs> but I mean, think about it from this standpoint. Right. Right. This question, and that's a lot of that's a how could you not like this? This is a great gift. Yeah, right. But how often the motorcycle? Yeah. How often have you give something that you hated to give? Like, when was the last time you gave someone a gift that you absolutely hated to give, but you know they love it? Every year with the kids, they're like, "Oh, I just want money, mom, because I just want to like go shopping." I yeah, hate I giving money. Yeah, I hate giving money because it's so impersonal. Right. And I feel like there's I've never nothing given thoughtful anything to somebody it. I didn't enjoy giving them. Really? Like, if you asked I, me, like, what do you want for your birthday, honey? And I told you. Uh, if you really I'm told a- me something stupid, but you wanted it, I'd be okay with that. Because that you actually wanted it. You said, yeah. yes, dad, get me this. Give me this new shovel. I have to have this shovel. <laughs> yeah. If that's well, what you wanted, guess- it came from your mouth, then I would be happy. Yeah. What, you know, she wanted this, and that's what she said she wanted. So what am I to say? Okay, yeah. so I'm gonna go a little bit further. So, what if you you get you get up you get to the to East Coast with Heather, and she says, "Hey, you know, every single day, I would like us to sit, you know, apple crisscross applesauce, and stare out into the the, the snow, the well, Looking whatever the, the landscape for at least thirty minutes a day, and you absolutely hate it, but did would you do it?" Would you consistently do it for her? 1,000%. That's great. Really? 1,000%. If you Uh, asked me this on a talk show, I'd say my dad's not going to sit there for 30 minutes a day every day. You know, maybe your dad 35 years ago, maybe not. But your older dad now, when I I really kind of came to understand, uh, you know, just, yeah, try to understand other people. 100%. Hmm. So I think 100%. that's the thing. Like, I think for the listeners to take something from it, like, I, think about the thing that your spouse really would appreciate you doing, but is uncomfortable for you, mm-hmm. or is something that you're just not interested yeah. in. Like, that's the thing. And you know, that... and it, it, there's so, there's so many nuances to that particular question. Because I mean, it has so much to do with the type of person that is asking you that, that to do that type of task for them. You know, I yeah. mean, let's face it, there's the there's the selfish person that asks you that. So you're you're coming from the back, you knowing that it's just a they're asking you to do something for completely for their own self, whatever. They're not genuine in wanting that. You know? Right. And so if mm-hmm. it comes from a place it's coming from the person that I'm married to right now, coming from this, you know, from Heather, who is a in my as far as I'm concerned, is a very giving non-asking doesn't ask for anything for herself and when she does it's very important to her yeah so well uh, yeah let me ask you this have you guys ever read the um love languages book like do you know the different love languages why why have why is that i no i don't think i have why is that book coming in my mind did i just I think we've did talked I just about, read about it about before. that and try to order that book. <laughs> I think we did. I tried to order it and it was sold out or something. The five well, live send you love one. languages, right? Yeah. So the five love languages are oh, wait, there's actually is there five or seven? Let me see. So there's there words of affirmation. That's like, you know, obviously compliments, <laughs> making someone feel really special. There's physical touch, obviously, PDAs. There's receiving gifts. So like, oh, you know, the way to show me that you love me is to just give me gifts. There's quality time. 
and then acts of service. So Craig Coley, what is your love language? Like, how do you like to, how do you feel most love? Is it, do you want words of affirmation, physical touch, gifts, quality time, or acts of service? For me, me receiving. Yep. You receiving. This is, this is me receiving. What, what I enjoy the most is just gratitude. Hmm. I like to, I like the person to be grateful, have show gratitude to me towards me for, for who I am or what I do for them. So I think it's words that, of affirmation. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I think sense? you like words of affirmation. Like when Heather's like, Oh honey, you're so funny. I love you. Like when she's giving you compliments, making you feel great. Like that, that's your, that's how I you love feel love. You do, I love that you do this for us. I love that you do this for me. I love, thank you so much for yep. blah, blah, blah. That is most important to me. I, lo- okay. I like that. Awesome. Now, Heather, your wife, what does she value? Does she want you to tell her great things? Does she want you to be physical with her and hug her and, you know, kiss her and show her physical touch? Does she want gifts? Does she just love quality time? As long as you guys are together, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Or does she like acts of service? She just wants you to help her in some way. Well, I think I think from Heather's viewpoint, if I was on the Newlywood game and had to ask that, I had to answer that question. I think Heather is, comes from the point of just being, she likes somebody that is nurturing from her, towards her. You know, I mean, she came from a relationship where, you know, her her ex husband bought her the full collapsible shoe thing underneath the bed mm-hmm. for Christmas. You know, he bought her a new vacuum cleaner. You know, blah 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 blah. You know, so she, when she we got involved and I was the polar opposite. You know, she yeah. So she just and I'm learning that. You be I I've learned as a that when like when she has problems, she had a bad day, and we talk about because we talk every single day on the phone for an hour, hour and a half every day, every evening. Mm-hmm. And so instead, before when I first got involved with her twenty years ago, and let's say fifteen years ago, as a relationship was brief, when she had a problem, I was immediately on top of it, trying to fix it and tell her what to do mm-hmm. about it. Mm. And I've learned that's not what she's looking for unless she tells me or asks me, what mm-hmm. is your exactly. advice on this? Whereas before I was always giving her my advice and I was pissed off that she didn't accept it <laughs> because I always know better most of the time. When I didn't realize that's she just it. needed somebody to listen to. Yeah. You know, she that's just a needed example to hear. And just like, pardon me? Yeah. That's a, that's a perfect example of of the heart of this conversation is taking the time to evolve and learn and say, oh, this is actually not, and I think our kids taught us that, right? Because they they would have similar situation, they would have problems and things coming up, but they wanted something very specific right. from us, but we want to give them what we think solution. they should want is a solution. I want to be the guy who goes down and kicks the bully's ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Okay, and, I'm that you know, guy. I'm the guy who's like, what? Who is it? Where is it? Let's go. Get in the car. Come on with me. Mm -hmm. I'm that person. Whether it be my wife, my daughter, my kids, I will go beat this person up and we'll get a shovel out of the trunk. I'm that guy. But I have learned now that that's not what they need to hear. And we need to, if they need help or they need an answer, I'm I'm much more of a listener now than I, I was more reactionary or now I'm more, I don't know what the term is. I listen better. And I think that that's a good thing for people listening. Like if you have, I will just speak from experience. If you have young children and and they're girls, let's say, you do not need to jump in and fight their battles. Like it'd be so much better for them if you sat down and asked them what they needed in the moment, but then also gave them the tools to figure out how to handle that on their own, because we're not always going to be around. right? Right. And so um, yeah, that's kind of a sidebar, but you're right. I do think we learned a lot from the girls, like trying to give them what we thought would solve the problem didn't always work. Right. It was, okay, what do you need? You need to be heard right now. You need to be understood. You need to, all of these feelings type of things. Mm-hmm. And oh my people, God. yeah, it's... for people like the three of us that are very action oriented, like I just like, there's a problem. Let's jump in. Like we can fix this. 
that doesn't come off as love to a lot of people. And so we had to like learn that. And so I guess the challenge that I want the listeners to walk away from and you dad, as you reconnect with Heather in, um, you know, New Hampshire, I think I'm going to send you guys this book, the love language book, so you can learn each other, but asking each other, like, how do you need me to love you? Mm -hmm. I think is how you fix any relationship, even like, I'll just give you another example. When we were moving Jordan to London and the kids were going away, I literally told Eddie, I said, I want to let you know, I'm going to need more love and attention from you as we become empty nesters. Like I'm going to need you to pay more attention to me because I, it's going to be a tough transition for me and my heart's going to be broken. And this is what I need from you. Can you give it to me? And and what's really interesting and cool about that is one, I could have, said, okay, in my head, what I think my wife is going to need is distractions mm-hmm. or she's going to need more excitement to take her mind off of not having the kids mm-hmm. here. And that redirection of saying, I'm just going to need your attention mm-hmm. um, is, a, is a game changer. And I think if I that, need distraction, and, I'll let you know. Right. But I think that that's another part of like one and two fronts. Make sure you're telling your and communicating with your spouse what you think you mm-hmm. need. And then if that is not what you need and something is different, then make sure you communicate that there needs to be an adjustment right. because sometimes in an emotional state, you think you need certain certain things, but actually you mis- misread your emotion or you misread what you needed and you need something different. You got to make be open and communicate with that. Mm-hmm. And I think the other person on the other end needs to be ready to ask, but also be ready to adjust and shift. Because you know, during emotional times and transitions, people can change. Mm-hmm. And so what someone needed um, a, a year ago or two years ago or five years ago may be different than what they need now. Yeah. So I think that's a good kind of homework assignment for you, dad, is like, as you reconnect with Heather, cause you guys have been living separate for the past two years, like, you know, yep. getting with her or sitting down and just saying like, you guys are both used to living separately now. So what do we need to do to come together? And like, what, what do you need, honey, to be happy in a day? Like she might say, I love you. I miss you. I'm glad you're here, but I need an hour by myself when I come home from work to just kind of get it together. You know, it's so, I'm used it's so to that funny time that now. Because we just had, we just had this conversation. She goes, you know, there's going to be a learning curve here for us. <laughs> I, you know, I've got my certain thing, my routine here and you can't come in here like a tornado and yeah. start changing everything because you think it's going to be better. You know, yeah. and I'll, I'll tell you an ugly example of, Craig Coley, I can make this better. And I'm saying ugly because a lot of women out there are going to say, who the hell do you think you are? (laughs) What did you do? I'm scared. No, well, that's it. But so when Heather and I first started living together, she came to California. We were together, living together. And there was just something about her closet that drove me crazy. It was disorganized. She had a million incorrect hangers on her clothes. Shit was piled up everywhere. It was the worst thing as far as I was concerned could happen to a person. Okay. Okay. So Heather goes to work one day and I completely went through her closet, got rid of stuff that I didn't like, that I didn't oh think I God. thought made her look frumpy. I mean, I made her closet look like something off of a uh DYI television yep. program. She walked in and freaking obviously like most women lost her S H I T. What did you do? I was like, what do you mean? Oh Look how much nicer this is. You guys so much <laughs> I got rid of those crappy looking clothes that you wore that didn't look good anyway. But see, oh my God. Look at this place. It's like something on television. Oh my God. Oh my God. And we still she was I can't believe you actually had the nerve to come in and just do that. I'm like, yeah. No. I would actually needed it, you know. We, oh my God! And so I mean, that was that was the Craig Coley of that of 50 years ago with her. I was trying, you know, everything that everything how she did things were just oh my God! You can do so much better here. Let me just help you. And if she didn't do it, I would do it for her when she wasn't around. And uh, yeah, I I'm to this day I'm wondering I don't understand how she ever married me. Oh my God. That's a great story. Yeah, definitely. If you ever threw my stuff away, I would lose it. He said, I got rid of clothes. I thought I you were just reorganizing. You look frumpy. <laughs> oh, no. I got no, rid of I look at something. Stuff. I'm like, you know what? I, I, 
I really, this stuff is outdated. You're in California now. Okay. You're no longer living in Northern New England. We don't need this. You don't oh need this. God. You know, yeah, this looks a little baggy. Let's get rid of this. Okay. So yeah, that's a so good much. question though. Like this is a separate conversation, but is it okay for you to say, mm, I think you should throw that out. It's not very flattering on you. Um, I think that that is an amazing <laughs> piece of honesty. I think it's, yeah. I mean, like if I'm wearing something and you go, and you probably, oh, I have, have I'm no going to tell you. Yeah. yeah. And it makes me look a certain way that yeah. I know if I was able to see myself, I would, <laughs> I would not want to look that well, way. And see, that's the, same. the thing is, I would not tell her, honest to God, I mean, or tell a person that doesn't look good on you if it didn't look good on you. you yeah. know, I mean, I've got a certain sense of taste and when it comes to fashion, I'm thinking clothes. I mean, I'm not. Yves Saint Laurent, but I'm, I'm going to tell you when something makes your ass look big, it makes your ass look big. You know, it doesn't look good on you, honey. You know, Wait, and I always tell her, I'm sorry. And so she, I would say, you need to understand, you are a reflection of me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and she goes, well, yeah, well, look at you. I'm like, but you are. We're out together and you're, you're dressed like freaking Humpty Dumpty, you know? And I'm like, okay. So, I mean, I just feel that's a reflection of me. So I'm going to tell you honestly. I'm not just going to tell you randomly. I'm not some asshole, honey. That doesn't look good on you. You know, yeah. you need to rethink that. Well, back then, I just got rid of it. Now I'm much oh more empathetic. Gosh. Do you know, Dad? A couple months ago, we went. We were uh, where were we? Nordstrom Rack, and I found these tennis shoes, and I tried them on, and I was like, "Oh, I think I'm going to get these, honey." And he goes, "Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, if you're okay with the way that they look, then." <laughs> And I said, what? And he goes, he he literally looked at me and he goes, the way they look doesn't bother you? And I fucking, oh, no. I was just like, okay, I'm putting them back. So I put them back. That was his way of saying, I don't like those shoes. The way they look doesn't but bother honey, you? If you like them, get them. If you like them, get them. Just don't wear them when we're together. Yeah. yeah just, oh, my just God. Don't wear that would have been better. Just wear, wear them when you're with your girlfriend. When we're together, don't wear so those. Funny. Oh, my gosh. Well, well, I hope our listeners got something out of this. I think that, you know, it's going to come down to communication, just asking others that you love, like, you know, what is it that you need in this moment? How can I support you? Um, and I don't think that we do a good job of that often. I think we give people no. the things we want them to want. For the most I part. did this for you because I wanted you to want it. And why don't you want it? Like right. something's wrong with you then if you don't want right. it and you should be grateful. Right. And that is not the right way to approach the people that you love because you don't no, know. No, because I used to approach really everything need. like that. I used to approach that's how That's how I dealt with stuff. I just fixed it like that. Whether yeah. you wanted me to or not. I just felt I'd yeah. be better. Our relationship so, would be great if you just let me, if you just listen to me. Okay. That was my yeah. forte. Just listen to me and our relationship will be fine. Well, yeah. I hope you and Heather uh, have a and chance you know, that's to first, reconnect gonna, and it's better. Like, I hope this time around you I'm going to talk to her time. tonight. Yep. As soon as we get off the phone, or this here, I'm going to call her and ask her that same question right out of the gate. What do I need to do to be better for you? Or, you know, and then make, ask yeah, her. I'm going to text you the five love languages and I want you to ask her what she thinks her love language is because when Eddie and I found this book years ago, I immediately knew that I was loving Eddie the wrong way. Like he loves huh. physical touch. And I, at the time was like raising kids and, you know, juggling a business and had a career. And mm. like, I just didn't take the time to like slow down to actually love him in the way that he needed me to love him. I was like, and, and because my love language, dad, is acts of service. Like, if you want to do something to show me you love me, do the fucking dishes. Take yeah. my car to get washed. Right. Grab a kid. Like, make my life easier. To me, that's how you show me you love me to this day. And so... And the, and the, do, and the, the consequences of not... Right. And the consequences of not doing those things or learning those things on the extreme end can feel like being unloved. Yeah. Right? And so... If the person doesn't articulate, and I didn't have the language to say, right. "Hey, you know, you resting your hand on my on my shoulder, or you giving me a hug, or you touching me, makes me feel loved." And when you don't, even though I did not communicate with you, it makes me feel unloved. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the extreme part, and that's where I think people really get into this messy place because one one person's not communicating that this is what I need to yeah. feel loved, and another person is like, "I don't even know." 
and, and they're only giving you what you should have won. Well, I remember right? asking you full of resentment. Well, if you could just help me, like if you could just do something and then it's like, okay, fine, I'll just do it myself. Right. And so all I wanted yeah. for you to show me love was to make my life easier, but I wasn't able or mature enough to articulate it at that time. Right. And so I think that you know, this book so is really important. What's so interesting is uh, I've always been somebody, you know, I was, in my marriage, I was always something that I had no problem with coming in and cleaning the house or taking, getting a car wash for her, make sure it was filled up with gas or whatever all the time. You know, that was the thing. I just, I enjoyed doing that for Robin. Mm-hmm. And then now as I've gotten older and things have changed, you know, I'm in a new relationship and what have you. Uh, I was, I'm in a relationship or married a woman who back in the beginning, whose previous husband or relationship did not show her any sort of, uh, Physical attention, um, like physical attention out in public, wouldn't touch her mm. hand, wouldn't give her a kiss. And then when she got involved with me and I would put my arm around her or, or give her a kiss or she was like, what are you doing? And I yeah. was like, I, at first I thought it was like, well, what's wrong with you? You know, but yeah. it took her back because she wasn't mm. used to that at all. You know, yeah. she wasn't used to kissing out in public. And I don't mean, you know, long, French kiss. I'm just saying a kiss, you know, here or there. Hey, honey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, what have you? It was like, it was a it was a learning curve in our relationship, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's just a matter of right of communication. Yeah. Yeah. If so, I would have talked to her and asked her questions, I wouldn't have, you know, had those stumbling blocks at first. But yeah, that's good. I just thought well, I knew better because that's who I am. Yeah. Well, now you know better, so you have to do better in twenty twenty three. One hundred percent. I know better yeah. again because you guys filled me with good information as usual. Well, good. So I'm happy to reparent you, Dad. I love you so much. Oh God! I love and you. I hope Baby, that... I need your guys' parenting. I love all of our uh, all, oh, our, all the gosh. knowledge you give me. I get off the it's... phone with you guys, and it's just like, oh my God, I can conquer the world. Oh my oh, yeah. gosh, you're so funny. Well, I love you, Dad, and for all the listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you got something good. Yep. Go love your spouse or partner in the way that they want to be loved, yep. not in the way that you think they should want to be loved. So. We'll and remember, Dr. Dino from Dr. Dino from Northern California, soon to be Northern New England. Love you all. Oh God! All right, y'all, push through. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through